0: This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the inspirational, informational, and transparent
1: podcast about all aviation careers. Hi, this is Carl Valeri, and I'm transmitting from the road. And uh, one of the reasons is that, as you know, we're in transition to our new location in Lakeland, Florida. And one of the things that I thought I'd mention in this podcast, usually we start off with some really positive things, but some of the negatives about uh, working in the industry. Challenges, I guess, is a better way to say it. Don't like to say negatives is the fact that, yeah, sometimes you have to live on the road and, and complete items and things back home from your office in your hotel room. So, for instance, in my case, I'm actually trying to transition to a new location while I'm out there on the road. Sometimes I'm gone for, uh, like I'll do a four-day trip, one day off a four-day trip. So it's eight, nine, sometimes ten, eleven days I'll be gone at a time, but also be home for a week. So uh, just to, to share that, being transparent about some of the challenges of being on the road. Another interesting thing that I thought I'd mention, too, about some of the challenges of living on the road is um, just recently... I was in uh, Washington, D.C. Flight had to cancel that I was operating because of the fact that we had something broken on the airplane. So what I did is I said to them, listen, I will get myself home. You don't have to deadhead me back to you know, my base, which is normally what they'll do is get you back to base when you finish your trip. Uh, so if you have that question, yes, most trips are started at a location. They end at a certain location. They always end at where you started uh, or they'll deadhead you back to where you started or your your hub. But in this case, I was in DC and I knew I could get back to uh, Tampa or Orlando, close to where I live. So, what I decided to do is uh, jump seat on a flight. A little bit about jump seating and a little bit of advice to those people just getting started in the industry never leave the gate until the plane has left. And uh, I can't stress that enough. That's uh, one of the mantras in the industry. So, again, never leave the gate until. The plane has left the gate, and I'll tell you why. This actually worked for me in this past trip. I was at the gate. There was four jump seaters. Uh, Three of them were ahead of me. Two of them came up and decided they're going to bail because there was no way they're going to get on, and I hung around. And sure enough, they said, nope, no room for you. And uh, I turned around walked away, but I turned back and waited. And as I turned back and waited they were signaling for me to come back and jump on the airplane. I was like, oh my gosh, they said, it's your lucky day. Those other two people bailed, and you get the other jump seat. So the the rule of thumb is never leave the gate until you actually the, the, the plane is actually pushed off. So if you're going to be commuting, something to think about. Sometimes you get stuck in uh, various airports. If you're doing a two-leg commute, that's very important to you, meaning you fly through another airport. So very, some of these are challenges of being in the industry, but it's part of the job. The cool thing was that I actually got home that day, which I wasn't planning on being home that day. So there's an upside. Yeah, I got home eh, kind of early in the morning, you know, say about 1 o'clock in the morning. But still, that was a great thing to be able to, to sleep in my own bed. The The other part of that was the fact that uh, it it basically was going to be in about an 11-hour day. Regular work-wise, well, it took me 11 hours just from the time I was trying to leave that airport to go somewhere because also there was some weather in the area and all the flights were delayed. And uh, advice there, too, look at all your options as far as commuting. This isn't going to be a commuting episode, but I thought I'd throw some of that advice in there because it's really good stuff, really interesting. Anyway, let's get along, get on with the, uh, the regular episode here. And uh, first of all, just a quick shout-out. We uh, thank our sponsor, Three Point Aviation Services. They specialize in aviation seminars and training materials. Check out Three Point Aviation's Facebook page to browse its new collection of short aviation articles. And it can be found at Facebook.com slash the number three Point Aviation. Again, that's Facebook.com, the number three Point Aviation. Also www3 the number three, Point Aviation. Uh, and uh, Chris Pazala is uh, one of the people that's there, 3 Point Aviation, the founder, and he has done some really cool stuff out there and some really neat articles. Also, quick announcements before we get started with some of your questions. And uh, number one, we talked about uh, questions and answers. And sometimes I don't remember to put this on there, but if you have questions, send them the feedback at podcast com we'll put them on here as quickly as we can also new events i talked about that before came up with some ideas and we are going to have uh, some social meet and greets uh, meetups etc and uh what i'd like you to do is go out to the facebook page facebook.com slash aviation careers podcast and i'm going to start putting events on there be patient with me because it's the first time i'm doing this uh we're going to probably start with local events and uh you know the the Lakeland and Orlando and Tampa area. Also, people have asked me on overnights uh, if I'll be around or in your city. I probably will be. I'll put in an event out there. Uh, again, make sure you monitor those events because being in the aviation industry, you know, we have to be flexible. And sometimes uh, I I can't make it in or my flight gets canceled or we're delayed, etc. So we, we may have to cancel some of those events. But what I'll do is I'll find out where there's a local Starbucks or a little restaurant or something uh, and uh, has a you know, kind of a social area, and we'll get together, maybe next to some kind of aviation venue, that'd be really cool. I may be asking for some advice as to where we can meet up, uh, so, uh, at different uh, spots. I know there's a lot of our listeners in Puerto Rico. I spend a lot of time in San Juan. Uh, we'll have to figure out something there. Maybe at the local aviation uh, schools there at uh, that local airport in, in San Juan, so that'd be a lot of fun. Um, so, anyway, take a look at our Facebook page and start watching that. Also, we get some questions about advertising and sponsorship. Uh, it's only fifty dollars per thousand downloads and it's a great way to promote your event product or your service uh and it also helps promote and uh, put together the uh, scholarships guide again uh, aerospace scholarships.com is only possible through our sponsors and we thank them for that Anyway, let's move on. It's gonna be a short episode, but I do want to say thank you for all your questions. We had a couple of questions. Uh, turns out that kind of dropped through the cracks from March, so I'm going back to March. Uh, this is like a June 18th, and taking a there was like three of them that we didn't get to. So I want to go through those quickly, and uh, or just go through those. I shouldn't say quickly, and then uh, move on to some of our more current ones because somehow we skipped over them. I apologize, uh, but uh, we usually put these in order. Of when they do come in, so uh, so let's get started on some of those questions here. Says, uh, first off, I want to express my gratitude for all that you do, and for the advice and motivation that I get from listening to your podcast. It makes my day being able to listen to the many opportunities that could be had through such an amazing career. I'm glad it does. Uh, He continues, hearing Carl, Tom, and Paul transition from other careers makes me feel like I'm not psycho when I explain to friends and family I'm considering making a switch. Uh, He's a recent graduate, 23 years old, and working in the realm of investments and finance. Has a business finance degree. works full-time in an investment firm. Uh, However, he's always wanted to fly. A few of his closest friends are flying and plan to make it their careers and have been lucky enough to force them into taking me up in the air with them, whether it was renting out a Cessna or other form of private plane. I love the feeling of being above everything. It truly feels like I'm in a complete different dimension of the world, and I know it could give me a bit more satisfaction than becoming a pilot as my profession rather than work as a desk day in and out for the rest of my life. So yes, I understand that. I want to know what the different routes I could take may look like, i.e. getting into accelerated flight school, taking the military route, or various options. Uh, So let's talk about that a little bit. There are many routes. The military, uh, it's a a pretty big commitment. It's a great route. You get free training, you get paid from day one, and there's some great experience. Uh, Some of the negatives to the military route, you won't build as much experience as you would on the civilian side, uh, just because of the fact they don't fly as much as on the civilian side. So normally about half as many hours uh, in a year as a civilian pilot would get. But But remember, you're getting paid a really good salary for that whole duration. Also, you're serving your country, which is great. Uh, With that comes some responsibilities, and also the fact that you may actually uh, have to commit to uh, a longer term, depending on if there's uh, some type of a conflict that comes up. Love the military. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great opportunity, and uh, I really am uh, proud of some of the people that that are out there that, uh, that do uh, serve our country. So, so definitely uh, look into that. I think it's a, a great career option, really great career option. Uh, Also, moving on to uh, his other question. Uh, Oh, and then uh, the, I'm sorry, I didn't say anything about Accelerated Flight Schools. We talked about that in the last episode or a couple episodes ago. So that is definitely a a good option. And, of course, Part 61. So we we went into that. Go look back at that Accelerated Flight School. The Accelerated Flight School podcast is uh, a really good podcast to listen to. So check that out. Uh, He continues, I also understand the whole craze of pilot shortage and understand that most of this is being felt in the regionals. However, I want to understand how long it will take for me to establish myself in a career as a pilot. Typical route into the regional slash major. What does the pace scale generally look like? Okay, before I get into that, uh, uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pilot shortage. You can listen to uh, that episode I recorded years ago talking about the pilot shortage and uh, the shortage of qualified pilots and uh, everybody has kind of got onto that bandwagon. Uh, recently, I know uh, a lot of, I was, you know, at the time, people were telling me I was crazy, but now everybody's actually using those terms as far as uh, uh, the pilot shortage and the, the lack of qualified pilots and, and a lot of the airlines are using that term instead. Um, anyway, as far as moving forward, a typical route to the regional major, uh, usually starts with most people getting the commercial and their flight instructor certificate. The majority of people do uh, become a flight instructor. Some people are lucky enough to find other uh, avenues where they can actually uh, start flying right away, as far as like crop dusting and uh, also. Um, and a lot of the times those are people that go to specific crop dusting schools, banner towing, and, uh, and really, you know, there's, there's some guys out there that will hire you right away uh, to fly right seat and, uh, in a, in a twin-engine aircraft, depending on your situation. But normally, uh, pay scales, when you make it to the regionals, I tell people, give yourself five to ten years uh, to get to your goal. you know, up to five years to get to the regionals and uh, 10 years to get to your ultimate goal at the majors. That right now, I know, sounds like a lot of time. But remember, you have to get all your ratings, get into the regionals, and then get on to the majors. Uh, So give yourself about five to 10 years to really get there. Uh, Pay scales are usually fairly low, although right now, right now in the regionals, boy, I tell you, pay scales are, whew, they're pretty good right now. And people are just, they're hiring uh, like, <laughs> like you wouldn't believe it's, it's absolutely, absolutely amazing what's going on right now. Uh, so, and they're giving bonuses. Uh, so you can actually make, you know, $50,000 your first year, which back, uh, in the day, of course you were making fifteen sixteen thousand 16,000 a year. Um, anyway, that's, that's some of the, as far as a, a regional pay, it's about half is what the majors will pay. Uh, senior regional pilot might make a hundred thousand a year. Uh, uh, in a major pilot, after about ten years, and the major is going to be making two hundred thousand a year. I know a lot of people listening right now saying that sounds low, uh, but uh, that is the average is about two hundred thousand per year for a major airline pilot. Trust me, I know a lot of people making more than double that, but still, uh, just to be transparent, that's all you know. Let's not expect too much. Let's uh, let's put it you know put it in the average. But you, if you work more, etc., you can make well into that. Heck, I know first officers making more than that. Anyway, he continues. I truly want to get in aviation because my love and passion of being up in the air, but the pay and job stability are also important. What are the chances of a typical pilot get furloughed, and how long does it take to get to a six-figure salary? Uh, again, going back to that six-figure salary, give yourself about five years. The problem is, uh, five years into a major, making that kind of money, uh, as long as there's upgrades. At that uh, regional, something else you need to look at is the upgrade time. Uh, But give yourself five to ten years before you're making that uh, six-figure income. I know it can be done in shorter time, but uh, to be on the conservative side, Uh, also get what is the typical chances, uh, the typical pilot of getting furloughed. I know people who have never been furloughed have been through multiple recessions. It's all about when you get in. Uh, It's all about seniority. So there is no typical. Uh, I know people have gotten furloughed multiple times, like myself. Uh, I know people have been multiple airlines, like myself, that couldn't hold a job for more than six months to a year. And then I know people who have never in their life been furloughed. Uh, They've been through everything. They've been through furloughs, uh, strikes, uh, and bankruptcies, and never seen one furlough. So there is no typical... Um, the furloughs, yeah, they're tough, but uh, that's why you need to get yourself to a point where you have a lot of experience because during furlough periods or during downturns, and that could happen tomorrow, you never know, uh, that actually is uh, what people do when they start hiring is they increase the hiring standards. And then we go to that lack of qualified pilots goes away, and we have people with five to 10,000 hours applying at the regionals. Good example, when I was furloughed, I was in a class uh, at a regional airline, and there was only three of us in class that had less than 5,000 hours. And that was in a regional uh, airline, So, and that's happened before. Uh, so there is always that possibility, and uh, you just always uh, hope for the best, plan for the worst type of thing. Uh, Anyway, going forward, he asks, uh, uh, additionally, with my expertise and education with business, would it be possible to have a role with administration within the airlines while also flying for the same airlines? If I could represent the fleet of pilots for a certain airline... While also being placed with a management position, I feel like I would be a voice between two areas that have felt some friction within the past, and I could, make, I could help mediate and understand where each side is coming from while being an integral part of the company. Being in the aviation industry seems like where I need to be. I want to make an impact, I want to help people, and I want to create a future that continues to offer people stable, enjoyable, and safe way to travel. Great. That's commendable. I I like that. Uh, As far as administrative roles at the airlines, yes, there is. Can you fly and also have an administrative role? Yes, you can. Are you going to be flying a lot? No. Uh, if you ever look at some of the chief pilots, you look at the people in administrative roles, very rarely fly. As a matter of fact, <laughs> when we're flying with some of these people, one of the first things we say, oh, boy, here we go. The chief pilot's flying. Watch out. Uh, meaning that that person really doesn't get much experience flying. But with that said, um, you know, you can do it. It is possible. So something, something there to think about. Uh, but uh, anyway. Interesting stuff, though. A lot of fun. Uh, Being in in management can be fun. It also can be a challenge. Uh, Sometimes people get into management and say, hey, it's not for me. I want to go back to being a line pilot. Uh, real commendable your, uh, your thoughts there. Thanks for the questions. I really appreciate that a lot there. Moving on to the next one, it says, I'm a commercial-rated single and multi-engine pilot with an interest in pursuing an aviation career as a second career once I retire from teaching high school. There was a time in which I considered switching from teaching full-time to aviation, but since I've already put in over 20 years, I've decided to wait to accrue retirement benefits prior to moving on. Teaching doesn't leave me with much free time until the summer months, so I wouldn't have time to flight instruct right now. But should I complete my CFI and MEI ratings now or would it be more advisable to wait until I'm closer to moving on from high school teaching probably another 12 years from now or so? I would complete them now. Remember, you get a certificate. You always have that certificate. The price of training never goes down. It only goes up. Getting it done now, it's just like college. Remember, your college education was a lot cheaper uh, many years ago. The The other thing, too, is it gives you opportunities. You're saying that you have summertime off. Boy, you could teach during the summer. You might even be able to teach during certain weekends. So, yes, I would pursue the CFI and the MEI ratings, especially the CFI, uh, because there's lots of opportunities out there to uh, to fly. I understand it's a while down the road, but, uh, you know, you always have that rating. It's uh, You're a teacher. It's a great thing. And really, you know, to have somebody who's into teaching, that's into flight instructing, would be wonderful. And I'd really highly encourage you to do that today and do it now. I, I really think that would be a wonderful thing. Anyway, thanks for that question. Hopefully that's answered that. Uh, moving on to the next thing. It says, hello, Carl and crew. Thank you so much for all the work you do creating the podcast. Both Aviation Curs Podcast and Stuck Mike Avcast have been a wonderful source of information and inspiration as I pursue my dream of professional aviation. I'm currently a student pilot and will soon be scheduling my check ride." My question for you today is regarding a 90-day solo endorsement. My initial CFI issued the endorsement on uh, September and flew dual and solo under him through January. When he moved on to his next job, I received a new CFI who reviewed my logbook and pointed out that the hours, uh, solo hours I had flown through the end of December and into January were not valid. I hadn't realized that the endorsement was only good for 90 days until then. The flight school that I've been training at has agreed to credit the hours that I flew solo during that time to me and will all allow me to make them up. But my question for you is this. Could I get a post-dated endorsement from the first CFI? No, that's not legal. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, first of all, it's uh, you know, post-dating anything or changing dates on things that you shouldn't do. I uh, really hate to lose those hours. First of all, you're not going to. Also, I've been told I need to I'll need to cross those hours out of my logbook, which I really don't want to do because I don't want to need to explain the future employer. Thanks for your help. I look forward to your response. Okay. On this one, um, I actually employed the expertise of, uh, of Mr. Uh, Crump. And, uh, one of the things we talked about was this and, uh, you know, should you be pulling those out of your, your logbook? It's, uh, no, uh, you shouldn't, uh, definitely not. That's, uh, Uh, something that you flew the flight, you flew the, the, you know, you did this. uh, You didn't actually um, operate with legally, obviously. But uh, I tell you what, let me read Eric's answer before I I talk about it. It said, uh, first of all, the short answer, this is from Eric. The short answer is that the hours are still valid. It's not like you didn't actually fly the plane. It just means he was outside legal compliance when he did it. If I went flying after my flight review lapsed, realized it, and then went to get a flight review, I would not have crossed out my time. I just made a boo-boo. File a NASA ASRS form and move on with your life. Uh, So that is actually some great advice from Eric. Uh, NASA ASIR report, uh, the safety reports online, tell them what you did, I made this mistake, oops, uh, just noticed what happened, uh, but you did fly those flights, and, and that's the way it is. Now, uh, and I know kind of maybe where you're coming from here, having seen in the past, or on forums, etc., of people actually losing uh, their certificates because of the fact that they did something uh, illegal, unsafe, etc. Uh, and that actually can happen, in, uh, not in this case I don't Think that's going to happen, but um, I really feel that uh, one of the things that you have to to look at is, you know, why did it happen? What did you do? Did you self-report, etc.? When it comes to logbook endorsements and when it comes to changing numbers within a logbook to make it look good, in general, my answer is no. It's just like when I tell people if they don't have a rating, they shouldn't be logging the time. Uh, it, it's you know that's up to you, uh, but you know, having looked at a bazillion different logbooks and doing interview prep. Uh, don't really like to see that. don't like to see people uh, doing things illegally. And uh, and also, uh, one of the things that we'll do is if you had made this mistake and it was caught, like this would be a tough one for me as an interviewer to, to actually catch. If it was caught, it would say, hey, what happened? And you say, hey, listen, I, I filed the NASA asrs report. It was still uh, legal flight time, et cetera. So go forward from there. It's a little different um, than, you know, times where you might put things in there illegally uh, Incorrectly and those things, yes, you you will have to back out. Um, it's not like you didn't fly that time. Uh, so I've actually had to back out some time that a uh, flight instructor put in, uh, in in the incorrectly, and all I had to do was in the interview explain this is what happened. So very important stuff there so so continue on i like i like your ideas any more questions of course uh, another thing you can do is go to the fisdo and ask them after filing your NASA asrs report and ask them uh, don't get too specific and just say hey this is the this is the question i have Uh, What do you think? Uh, The F.A. is there, and they're there to answer those questions. Anyway, let's continue on. The more question says, I'm a 29-year-old private pilot with a four-year degree in business marketing. I'm enrolled in fall classes at a college to pursue an associate's degree in aviation, as well as my ratings, including my instrument commercial, CFI, double I, and MEI. This is a two-year program, and I intend to work as well as go to school. I'm having some issues finding scholarships that are for people with a private license already and looking to further their education. Any help would be awesome, and I thank you so much for all the inspiration through the podcast. It's been a major part of me realizing that it's actually a possibility for me to do the thing I love most. I can't wait to get started in my new direction." Uh, there's actually scholarships out there for post-private uh, pilot. There's some instrument rating scholarships. I know they're difficult to find. One of the reasons we put together the scholarships guide, by the way, that's only 10 bucks on Amazon or in the iBook store. Uh, there are scholarships there. They sometimes are regional. Uh, and yes, they can be more difficult to find, uh, but we're putting more scholarships in there every day. Uh, and again, that's going to be our number one source in September, as I think is when we're moving to the September the end of the year, instead of having the online directory, we To specifically just update that guide for only ten bucks. Yes, it's uh, it's interesting uh, that they are difficult to find, but they're out there. And again, these I just talked to someone the other day who wants to put a scholarship together, and nobody knows about this scholarship, and it's it's something for a, a private pilot, and also he wants to do one for instrument rating. And the way you find out is through a directory of scholarships, and that's why we put that together. So check that out. Uh, Also go to your local organizations, the 99s, Women in Aviation. Uh, There's also the EAA Young Eagles. There's AOPA. Talk to people locally, your local schools, uh, and get the word out. If they're not in our scholarships guide, tell them to be in the guide because that will help people like you find those scholarships. Anyway, moving on to the next one, says, Hope all is well over there. I'm just following with the most recent podcast when you had Lenny come back to speak. Actually, the question that was read was from my email inquiry to Lenny. Thank you so sincerely for having Lenny come back to speak and talk about my questions. I was so energized by this. And I had to pull over from the road because I was so excited and glad. I'm moving step by step to continue to complete my private pilot training here in Arizona and even thought it's a podcast I feel so much that everyone there are friends for me and maybe one day I can meet those amazing podcast team. Uh, I'm still new to aviation, but you all have been my mentors throughout the process. I remember Mr. Valerius said to enjoy the journey, but I can hardly wait until I become an airline pilot one day, inspire and help others as well. Thanks again to the team, and thank you, Lenny, for coming back to share and encourage your message. Definitely going to have Lenny back on, a terrific guy, and has been very inspirational for so many people. And thanks again for the wonderful comments, and again, we're going to start doing meetups. Uh, I do go to Arizona. I do go to different places. Uh, Like I said, if you have suggestions, I may even email you directly if you send me... uh, uh, or I may even put it out, say, hey, I'm going to be in, uh, say, Albuquerque next month. Uh, do you know of any place uh, near the airport that would be a cool place to hang out and uh, and enjoy ourselves? By the way, thanks. Um, we've had a couple of individuals write in, one specifically over in, I'll just say, Mike, thanks for uh, the inspiration and getting together for and finding venues for me for Orlando. If you have a city that you know places where we can meet, that would be really cool. I'd love to meet everybody and that listens to the podcast. It's hard to do, but uh, but I, I'm really trying to get out there as much as I can. Uh, you know, it's it's tough enough for me because uh, you know one of the downsides to becoming having more listeners is the fact that you know I can't answer everybody directly. But Russ has been a great help in getting those questions into this into our guide. Uh, anyway. Uh, but uh, love to hear from you. And again, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com if you have ideas for the city where you live. I'd love to hear about from you. Anyway, got another one came in. Says, I uh, I have absolutely fallen in love with your podcast and listen to back episodes daily and always absorb new information. I am currently a truck driver and have been in a current career for approximately 10 years. Currently pursuing my private pilot license, but have some medical issues that preclude me from pursuing a pilot career. I have decided I do not. I do want to make a change and be involved in aviation professionally, and am highly interested in obtaining my A.M.P. license. What advice or information can you give? Of course, we have scholarships for those in the scholarships guide. Uh, as far as advice, find a local school somewhere you can go, and uh, and if it isn't a local school, remember you're going to pay a little money to for boarding. Uh, but there's some great uh, A.M.P. license a- aviation schools out there. Uh, to get started in your AMP. You can also do it through a local uh, you know, AMP shop if you're actually currently working to build those hours, to have actual uh, mechanical hours in your logbook. It's really a great and challenging career, uh, something that is keeps you in aviation, keeps you around flying and pilots, and also it gives you the opportunity to get up in airplanes. Uh, even as a as a aircraft and power plant mechanic it's aviation maintenance technician excuse me it's a wonderful career a lot of fun and uh, i think you will really really enjoy it i've always to be honest with you i've always wanted to be a mechanic i mean when i first started in my career and took all those assessments they said that i had mechanical aptitude that's what i should do is become a mechanic i worked uh you know as some of you know I, i've been a, a workaholic all my life when i was in my teens i Drove a tow truck at a gas station, you know, put tires on cars, did some tune-ups and oil changes and stuff like that. Absolutely love that. Um, and it, it's a blast just being able to tinker with things. And And I know there's some other gearheads much better than me out there that love to do those type of things. So you can do it. Uh, AMT can also help you in, in the future once you start buying your airplanes. Uh, really neat stuff. But, uh, again, thanks for those questions. Actually, actually a, a catch-up from March. We had a whole chunk of questions that somehow got dropped. Uh, out of order, but now we're caught up with our March questions. Keep keep them coming. Feedback at um, uh We're going to do some of these shorter episodes so you can listen to them on the way to work. Uh, also, uh, another thing too, like I said, go to Facebook.com slash podcast. We're going to have some events in your town. Send me some messages, feedback at aviation Careers podcast where we can meet in your town, a local venue, something aviation related would be really cool. Uh, I can always uber to wherever that is and or find a ride to that local airport if it's a big airport like a um international airport sometimes they have some some neat little venues where you can hang out. I know Tampa International Airport, where I fly out of often, has some, uh, some common spaces. We could just kind of hang out there. Uh, normally, I'll be wearing my orange uh, uh, shirt that says Aviation Curse Podcast. and stuck my GavCast. So easy to find. Also, thanks to our sponsor, Three Point Aviation Services. They uh, specialize in aviation seminars and training materials. Check them out at Three Point's uh, Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the number three. Point Aviation. Again, facebook.com slash the number three, Point Aviation. Uh, you can browse our new collection of short aviation articles. Uh, great people over there doing work. Of course, you've seen Chris Pozzala on here before. Go to facebook.com slash three-point aviation. As a matter of fact, our pick of the week, or it's a video, is Advanced Holding Patterns Part 1 from Three Point Aviation. Uh, We did it in conjunction with Aviation Careers Podcast an Expert Aviator. And uh, it's Advanced Holding Patterns, part one. It's free. It's on YouTube. I have a link to it. Check it out at the bottom of the show notes. Well, folks, thanks for listening. And again, do something today to move forward in your aviation career, in your life. Do something now after you hit stop Just write something down, call somebody, make a note, text somebody, text yourself and tell yourself, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to look into this and and do it. Do it now. Action. Action, not words. That's what we
0: want. Do it now. Do it today. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying.